Welcome everyone. Pull up a chair. It is lunchtime in Rome. Welcome back to another episode of Lunchtime in Rome. We are on episode eight. This is Eric, and I'm sitting at the table again with my friends Jay and Brian. Hola. Normally it's Brian and Jay. I am changing it up. I actually consciously thought of that. Like, I'm going to say Jay first this time. Well, you didn't want to feel guilty. Exactly. And that's what we're going to talk about later. Are we talking about guilt today? We are. Oh, Jay. Oh, man. Head of the curve. I think. I think out of the three of us, I think Jay and I carry more guilt than uh, the most out of the three of us, I think. Interesting. Yeah. I don't see you as feeling guilty a lot. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying I'm not saying you never feel guilty about something. You definitely do, but we'll get to it. We could talk about that, but I think we um, want to talk about some New Year's and some food and yeah, happy maybe, New maybe Year. traditions and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Happy New Year. And everybody that's listening right now is like, I wonder if Brian's upset by that. <laughs> And now I feel guilty for saying it out loud on the show. Is he angry? Was that disrespectful? I'm looking right into his eyes and Stay I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll no. tell you what I don't feel guilty about. What? My brother called me and said, hey, listen, friends of his, they had three, uh, they have a you know, little farm and they're putting, uh, they sending three cows to the slaughter. And he said, did we want any? Yeah. And my brother said, yeah, put me down for half a cow. Half a cow. And then he calls me and he goes, yeah, it turns out that's a lot of meat. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it's, it's somewhere around 300 pounds. And he said, so uh, you want in on that? And I said, well, what are we looking at? And he said, it's like 350 a pound. 350 a pound uh-huh. for organic grass-fed beef. Yeah. And three, so 350 a pound. Across and that's the board. Across the board, any across cut. The board. Right. Steak. All of it. Oh, man. All of it. So, You're not going to get that in the store. No. And actually, the third guy in on this is a buddy of his who owns steakhouses up in Meadville. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, what's he getting in on this for? And he goes, well, he doesn't pay three fifty a pound for organic grass-fed beef. Right. He goes, you know, that's his store. He said, this is just for him. Yeah. <laughs> but he was telling me all the different cuts and everything else. And then he called me this afternoon and we were talking about, you know, the different cuts. And I said, uh, he's like, you know, beef tongue. And I'm like, dude, you got to get the tongue or at least half of the tongue. <laughs> right. We're only getting whatever you're the right. cow. <laughs> yeah. But I said, definitely. I've, you know, I've seen it on food network. I said, I, I don't know uh, what I do with it. I said, yeah, apparently, but it's amazing. You would get it. Right. Even if you don't cook. Oh, you're going to cook it. Oh yeah, oh. absolutely. Like I've, I, they have them at Sam's Club, not a sponsor, right? Not yeah. yet, not yet. And uh, I've actually thought about buying it then. So a cow weighs like a thousand pounds. Like if you're saying you're splitting up a cow, apparently these were about six, seven hundred pounds. Okay. Okay. Or, so you're splitting, you're splitting so it up. Probably not all yeah, like not fatty. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, exactly. He's not sloughing around right, all the corn. Right. 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 Yeah. But um. Well, but then he called me and said she asked if he if we wanted the tail. And he goes, well, I told her, no, I don't want the tail. And I'm like, ox, 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 ox is cow, right? Right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want ox tail. I'm like, I'd braise it. I could, you know, and he's like, I'll call her. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, forget about the Delmonico's. Forget about all the stuff. I'm like, you give me a tail. I'll cook a tail. <laughs> tail you can tongue. never get your hands on a tail. Tail in the tongue. <laughs> Heads or tails. So, all right. Around here in, in Pennsylvania, there's lots of hunters. There's lots of deer. But you can't, as you say, you can't hunt cows. Are, no, you can't hunt <laughs> cows. But but if somebody offered you part of a deer, are you do you like deer meat? 
Because oh, yeah. I, I love venison. Yeah, nobody ever offers it to me, though. Oh, okay. Did you grow up with venison? Not necessarily. Um, we had some friends that they would get it occasionally because they were hunters. Um, but yeah. I think I really started eating it when... I worked at my previous job at Tyler. Like yeah. everybody there, like people were just yeah. walking around with shotguns, you know, during the course of the day, right? Uh, looking for an excuse to use them. But we had so many hunters, and you know, I'd be like, "Hey, anybody got some extra meat?" And they'd throw me like uh, all this amazing different wow. cuts. And oh yeah, I would be into that. I've never yeah. cooked with it. Yeah, you know? it's. I need yeah. to try it again. It's it's extremely extremely gamey. Extremely. Well, it's always lean. like you. They you always mix it with something. Well, not always, but the way I I, I find like people meatballs. prefer it is they mix it with real meat. Uh, of cows, that's compared to the <laughs> real meat, not that fake deer meat. No, I mean I've had I've had venison steaks, I've had venison hamburger. Um, we had this. We went to this. Ethan and I went to this uh, father's retreat years ago. Ethan's and, a father. Oh, father's yeah, son. Yes, father's. I'm sorry. Yes, father's son. Where not we yet. shot guns <laughs> and did ATVs, you know, all that kind of stuff, sure. camping, and it was great. But yeah. uh, you're a good dad. They it, it was, and it poured the entire oh, you're bad, time. Man. We slept in our jeep rather than like sleeping in a camp in a tent. Yep. I just couldn't do it. I That's slept a good in the move. Jeep. <laughs> That's a good move. And we eventually ended up sleeping in these people's house, and and that was even better. They didn't um, even know. They, they didn't even know. <laughs> um, but but they had this this venison that they'd been um they just well, not sauteing um where you where you put it in in fluids like, Co- like cook it not cook it braised it over not a braised, long time yeah you, you have not it like sous vide sous vide no no no, no no like you you um you just have it in a bag of like um salad dressing or something over marinade. A long, oh, marinade marinade that's it they and they had this stuff marinating for i don't know uh, a year or two something and it was <laughs> just it was like for as gamey and tough as deer can be, it yeah, was just it was the most, oh, so good. They grilled it, you know, charcoal grill. Mm. Oh, so delicious. But anyways, not to take away from your story about the cow, I just, I was wondering what your thoughts were on. Oh, I, I would cook anything. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, now apparently there's a place down in the Strip District. I think it's Pittsburgh Meat Company. And again, you've referenced like the Strip District for the people that don't know. This is not like a red light <clears throat> district. This is where you no, go to get just, like. No, it's just east of there. Yes, uh, it is where all the mercantile and all the you know the big fresh fish fresh and, and fish pastas and, and, and yeah, and oh, it's like the that. best. Yeah, it's great. It's very cool. But anyhow, there's a place down there that apparently sells like ostrich and and emu and oh. all that kind of fun stuff. Horse. Uh, I don't I believe. Don't know. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. Pony, but I would. Dwight, Dwight Schrute. <laughs> oh, it'll all be goat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I but I haven't done that because I'm also not going to go spend fifteen dollars a pound on mm. frozen meat. I've had ostrich. Right. I've had ostrich in South South Africa. They it's big over there. Well, I do like trying. I do like trying different meats that are like outside the norm in, yeah. in America. Yeah. yeah, it was it was not my cup of tea. Yeah, the ostrich. Uh, there was this ostrich jerky that I just wasn't a big fan of, but I tried it. You know, I could say I tried it. Which and is that cool. d- definitely depends on like the the jerky, like uh-huh. who's smoking the jerky, like sure. if they're if it's a good person doing it. Because like, man, that that's. If they're like a, a sinner, <laughs> <laughs> that guy has stolen something. Unethical. God does not bless <laughs> unethical jerky. jerky. <laughs> you don't want to eat that stuff. You're a bad man, Jerry. Right, right. <laughs> so, what did jerky. you guys? What did you guys? Do you guys have a, a food that you eat on New Year's? I know some people do the kielbasa and sauerkraut here in Pittsburgh. You know, you go down. Kielbasa or kielbasa? Kielbasa. Okay, we're talking. We're in Pittsburgh. Kibasi. Kibasi. You got Polish Hill. Kibasi. Um, yeah, I did the uh, sauerkraut and pork loin or pork whatever it is. Tenderloin. Roast. Um, pork loin. Loin yeah. roast. Pork roast. And uh, and kibasi. 
Um, wow, you did it up. We did, and I, I had mashed potatoes. Um, oh, please, God. <laughs> <laughs> they finally made it. We made the mashed potatoes. <laughs> when they came out, did everybody go, there they are? <laughs> well, no, because we didn't, do, we didn't do it on New Year's Day because Alexis forgot to put the, uh, the pork out, so we did it, <laughs> we did it last night. Um, but we still had it. The old um, January 2nd pork roast. <laughs> uh, but I was talking to my buddy John, who, and, and, and he's down in Atlanta, and he John. talks about... Um, down there, there's like it's like collard greens and ham hock and like I did collard greens first time ever. Did nice. you? I did. Nice. I do like some good collard greens. Yeah, or collard greens. Yeah. Apparently they were good. I was just like, eh, yeah. it's collard greens. What is what? What is it? Is it like kale, like seaweed? What Ooh, is no. It? Well, I mean it's in the same no. family. It's a hearty, quasi bitter green. Uh huh. Um, it's not kale. It's not one well, though. No. I, I miss the whole kale thing too. Kale like, tastes like fish food to me. Fish food, <laughs> like well, if you eat kale you chips. Make, oh, well, that is, yeah, that is. It's fish food. Yeah, kale chips is horrible. But no, I mean collard greens. It's just a big leafy green. You take the stem out, put them with some ham hocks, or I did salt pork, right, um, and some onion and garlic and a little bit of hot sauce and some vegetable stock, and you just cook it until they're soft enough to eat. Yeah, yeah. they're fine. How about you, Jay? I like it, it better uh, than a salad. I like, I like it. It's like a good hot veggie instead of like a salad. Well, it's nowhere near a salad, I mean, right? Still That's my point. So right. is it like an addition like broccoli would be? You know, it's not a it's salad, a but it's, it's a, a side. It is yeah, a, it's side. a side. Yeah, it's a side. Okay, I got you. So you did your collard greens. You did, um, what'd you say, salt smoked? No, that's how I prepared it was salt pork. Oh, okay. In okay. that stuff. Like okay. You do bacon. Is that like spam? Something like that. Salt pork? No, it's more like unrefined bacon. Oh. Like it's clump bacon. Oh, okay. It's more like probably like the scraps in the side of the bacon that they're like, oh, we'll sell it as salt pork. <laughs> gotcha. You put it in, like if you're going to make uh, baked beans with molasses. Is that the stuff we had up at the um, Green Forest when we went up there? Was that, or was that just uh, uh, beef salt pork? Oh, it was whatever. It was. Oh man, it was so that was good. awesome. We got to talk about yeah. We got to talk about that house. someday. You got to go to that someday. We I've been there. Oh man, I'm saving up uh, right after we. If pay, you would like you know, to sponsor, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a dinner for us yeah. on the show. Um, <laughs> we would Green Forest. Think, I'm down. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those places where, like, the more you have a green, you have a stopper, and it's a green on one side and red on the other. Yeah. And as long as it's green, they keep bringing uh, we, you. Can, you can come with us. We will meet every single one of your emotional needs. Yep. Yeah. While if you we buy us eat dinner. a bunch of delicious meat, it is. Awesome. You don't even have to rejoice with us when we rejoice <laughs> over the meat. <laughs> yeah, right. We will be lonely <laughs> eating the meat if you want to do that. But there's there's also salad bars. There's there's just well, even it's that stuff. overwhelming. It's, it's because like that's a whole like you could just make your meal out of yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Ten why times would you? over. Yeah. Well, because some of it's really oh, good. Man. Like, mm. I mean, I know why would you, but some of it is really, really good and really well prepared. Yeah. Um, but we always do a New Year's Lucky Pretzel from oh. Oakmont Bakery. Is that a Irish thing? Maybe Eric O'Hammond. Eric O'Hammond. Well, Amy's really Irish. I do have some Irish on my side, but we forgot to bring it up when you guys were over. Oh, so, the pretzel. Yeah. But we ate a lot Wait, of it. Wait, so you're supposed to do it like right at New Year's? Like New Year's? Yeah, you're supposed to cut it up New Year's night. Oh, okay. Or New Year's Eve. Well, I've spent the last, what, like five New Year's with you or something like that. Have we ever done it? I don't think so because we've never brought it over. And you yeah. wonder why you're not lucky. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think he's... I, uh, hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> um, do you know the origin of the word luck? And somebody's going to probably write in and say that I'm wrong. Oh, uh, Let's hear it. It's from old English pagan culture okay. for good Lucifer. May things happen to you outside of God's control. Oh. Oh, good Lucifer. Right, good Lucifer to you. Right. Mm. Yeah. All right, write in if that's wrong. 
Let us, know, let us know how it's long good, it's I thought good it was story. A, I thought it was a derivation on the F word somehow. Because the Irish, you know, I mean, Irish luck, the F word, whatever. <laughs> no idea. I don't know. I no I, that's just where my from. mind went, the F word. <laughs> you know, know what the origin of luck is? Uh, F word. <laughs> Clearly. I don't much. know. I thought maybe they had some relation, but I guess not. No. And you know what? Um, I Going back to the food thing on, on New Year's Day, I hate sauerkraut. Oh, oh yeah? I love sauerkraut. I oh, hate good. sauerkraut. You and... know, sau- sauerkraut might be up there with like, if I make sauerkraut, it's fine. If okay. I go to somebody else's house, I'm like, oh, that's some good sauerkraut right there. Mm. No. But so you're not a fan. You don't like it. No. I never have. Oh, I've, sm- so I've smothered. I, like, I can put a little bit on a hot dog the and taste? then like, smother it. Is it the texture? Is it all the, all the above? Does it make it gassy? Because it makes some people well, really gassy. Well, it's gassy. Does it not make, it smells does it make like, anyone? Not, it smells like. I do okay with sauerkraut. It smells like toots when you're cooking it. It smells like toots when you're cooking it. Yeah. Oh, man. Scavage. We had it in a crock pot though, and it, like the all day yesterday. I'm at work, and I mean, I work from home, and like all day, I'm like, oh, it smelled my like goodness. a church basement. No, it smelled good. <laughs> I couldn't wait to eat it. I'm it trying so to. Find, I think Eric doesn't like the smell. Is what I'm trying to say. It sounds like he doesn't like right. the smell. Rachel does not like the smell. Okay. I love. Does she like uh, the taste? No, no. no. So no, she wants not a fan. But, but I do like. What's funny is I do like like kibasi cooked in it. I, mm. Like I like that kibasi. Gotcha. That's good. Yeah. You like just, sauerkraut juice. Maybe it is more of the... Uh, That's delicious. <laughs> yeah, put that in a glass. like the way you said that, sauerkraut um, juice. 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 Maybe it's more of like the texture, <laughs> but like, or, or maybe it's like the, like when it's a lot of it, mm-hmm. like that, because it is very, it can be very tart and overwhelming. Tart. So, and, and it could, there word. could also be like kind of like, tart. it could be kind of dry, because like sometimes when you go out to picnics and stuff, it's, it's almost like more of, more of like a shredded cabbage yeah 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 and then there's times where it's just really you know clingy together and and moist and um i prefer tart over moist <laughs> I, I like i i do like it on some hot dogs every oh, once in a, a little while. bit of yellow mustard a little bit, a little bit uh, on a hot dog's okay like a good hot dog a good hot dog a good quality bun yeah you know oh i like it i like a good hot dog every once in a while man well and like cabbage is one of the best things for your belly belly as far as like being uh just healthy for you and it helps i like uh, coleslaw cabbage i yeah. love a good coleslaw yeah like it, it keeps you from getting uh the stomach flu hmm. really yeah huh so it's got like all those probiotics and stuff like they talk about gut health which we could go into that which i love that you know everybody loves to take probiotics and stuff like that but if you have bad stuff in your gut mm-hmm. yeah and you take a probiotic what are you doing you're growing the bad stuff in your gut <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how amazing your guts are like we could talk about that forever, and forever, because it's it's so intricate. It's such such a great design. And yet so many doctors are like, nah, yeah, whatever. Here's, <laughs> here's a, a pill. Here's a pill. <laughs> I hate that. Not Excuse me, doctor. I have this American concern. Medical Association. I have this concern. I have this symptom. Here's a pill. Here's a pill. I don't want a pill. Tell me what's wrong with my body. Cure me. Yeah, right. Here's a pill. Here's a pill. Sorry, uh, docs. Yes. So um, do better. Do better. <laughs> yeah, do better, docs. Um, but what what else is going on in your guys' life? I know we did New Year's together this week. Yes. We, it's been it's become Always a, tra- a great time. It's, yeah, it's become a tradition where um, my family and Brian's family we get together and we celebrate Christmas with each other and we exchange gifts with each other. Um, shout out to Hunter Mitlow, and oh, this man. is going to become Hunter. another tradition that our wives buy us like the same thing. Our our two wives buy Eric and I uh, 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 the same thing. Yes. Yes. And. Uh, this year it was something that Hunter Mitlow made. It's a it's a Huntsman Projects. Yes, 
Um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not yet. Has no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, they do. He's, he has a little bit of money because he made some off of uh, our wives. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's a, basically a, a, a nice, solid piece of wood with the address of the beach house that, that Brian's family owns and we visit every year yep. on it. It's really cool. Yeah. It's just something, a nice, personal, really, really cool gift. And yeah. people will really come thoughtful. to your house and say, What's that? And you yeah. go, oh, it's this place you're going vacation. Oh, it's so great. You're yes. never going to be there, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I go there, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> but what struck me this year, especially, not only was it at your house, we've done it at my house the past, you know, what couple years, yeah. basically because it, it had been you and Amy, and yeah. we've got the four of us at my house, you right. know, my family, and so it's just easier for you to come to us. Well, this year, it, it struck me how our our family dynamics have changed. We well, got that, the dog and we brought the dog over, which was an adventure. Yeah. But you guys also had Maggie this year and we came to your house. So mm-hmm. it was like, it was cool that we were able to carry on the tradition, but at the same time to see how much really has changed over this past year. Yeah. You know, it really becomes like a, um, like, like the rings of a tree, you know, when, oh, when yeah. you look at the rings of a tree, like just how much you change from year to year. Yeah. And this year really, really, it really hit me. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's awesome because it's it, positive changes, you know? Totally. And it's, it's so much so much fun to do life with you guys and, and and your family jay and it's just it's just a great time um and we always watch the train wreck that is the new year's eve show it just gets worse every year i that, think they could have their own the the whole new year's eve show could have its own do better segment oh. <laughs> like, it's a train wreck and i was actually talking do- to jay about this earlier are you going what go ahead i was just gonna say like the demographic that like, oh, they're right. playing to. This is a sure. great point. All it, of it, those people it, are at bars and they're not like they're not watching. Yeah. And everybody that is watching is most likely families with yeah. kids that are home and want to watch the ball drop. And I would think so. It should be like some kind of like wholesome entertainment that's fun and way better than people just. Well, I was going to say, I mean, is it, you know, because we're, we're older, but like, I just feel like there's not the same magic as there was, you know, when you were a kid or even, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like it just, is it because we're older or just because the quality has gotten so much worse? Like, well, and actually I don't really remember what we did when I was little. Yeah. I mean, I remember being with friends and watching it. I saw Gandhi once on Christmas, on New Year's Eve with my parents. The movie? The movie Gandhi. Wow. Oh, wow. And another year, I think I saw one of the Star Wars I think Wars we ones. have gone It's one see. of my biggest claims to fame, that I have seen the movie Gandhi. <laughs> what the crap was my New Year's Eve like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I, now that you say that, I think we did usually go see a movie. But then when I got to be a teenager, like I would go over a friend's house and we'd play games and stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah, you, like it's just, it's a whole nother level of do better. Well, for yeah. me, and we just, we have family over and, and back to the stomach flu. My brother's side of the family was dealing with the stomach flu, so they didn't even come. Yeah. Um, so it was just the DeFazios. Um, shout out to Lydia and Mia and my sister and brother-in-law. But And we do a bunch of food, and we have some fun with it and all that kind of stuff. And we were playing the game Quiplash. Oh, great uh, game. It's a good one. Oh, it's so good. Uh, not a sponsor of the show. Um, not yet. Was it not was yet. it like G-rated Quiplash? Or we did the family-free okay, version. Right, uh, it but the youngest person there is Bella, okay. who's 13. And Bella can... Well, um, the one question was, and if you don't understand the game, it's basically, oh it's boy. on the computer, on the TV, each, everybody there, you sign in and you get a question to answer. And then it's like fill in the blank. On your phones. On you, your you phones. play on, on your phone. And then the answers come up on the TV. And so the one question Bella and I both got, but we didn't know it was the grossest thing you could find in the bottom of a pool. 
And I debated how inappropriate because uh-huh. my sister and brother-in-law like worry about things like that. You mm-hmm. know, meanwhile, I'm the pastor, but I'm the one. Wait, they worry about being inappropriate or they worry about what's actually at the bottom of a pool? No, inappropriate. <laughs> I would be a bad witness to my nieces. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, Jay, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So I went safe and I just said bloody turds would uh. be the grossest thing to find at the bottom of a pool. <laughs> Bella countered with babies. Uh, <laughs> Bella. And it just got real quiet. And everybody just looked at her. She's like, what? That would be gross. How is that not gross? And then you vote on which answer you like better with your phone. Who won? Like, uh, I did. I, oh. think I, got, I think I was like six to one or something oh, like man, that. Oh, man. Nobody, could, real nobody could do and it. And Rachel's like, no, honey, you have to understand. Oh. That would be more horrific, more disturbing, but just gross. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think it would be gross. It would be just too alarming. and But... So back to our point of New Year's Eve celebrations, we were flipping back and forth between the channels. Our own CBS was KDKA, which was whatever it was, you know, like they were just talking. But I noticed like on all the channels, more so than ever before, less than two minutes to go, commercial breaks. You know, in my, Less uh, than two minutes yeah. before midnight. Before the, before the ball drops. Yeah. We're still a commercial break. Yeah. And I, my sister, Mary Lynn, was like, and hi, Mary Lynn, because I know you listen. She was like, well, you have to understand, that's when they make the most money. And I'm like, yeah, I got that. I'm just saying <laughs> that hasn't been that way, I don't think. Uh-huh. They went that far up right to, Down to, the wire. to midnight. And yeah. they're like, oh, by the way, there's the ball. Woo! Yeah, they start showing it like with 10 seconds left, it yeah. seems like. And for me, it's always a time when, like, you know, you're talking about the the t- changing lives and the tree rings and all that stuff. Every year I tear up at midnight mm. thinking you can't stop time. Mm-mm. Like it does not care. It, right. And it's this overwhelming, you know, just awesomeness of time. And if I was to be more spiritual, God and, and everything else. And of course, you know, through the years with Trey being sick and, and just, Oh, the momentum of life and everything else. And this year I was like, that's weird. They had so many commercials. Hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll kiss Rachel. All right. <laughs> okay. You know, it, it was weird. It was sort of just like, yeah. meh. And, and like you said, the magic wasn't there for yeah. us. Which leads me to one of my favorite moments, which was the next morning. Uh-huh. I was reading um, about how everybody was upset with NBC. Oh, okay. And the fact that, number one, they didn't even catch the ball dropping. Oh, They wow. missed it. That's okay. An, that's an epic fail. Whoops. They had no countdown. Oh, man. And that it was so NBC, inappropriate. do better. So inappropriate throughout the night, including at 1145, when a lot of parents and a lot of families are chiming in, Chrissy Teigen was talking about vaginal steaming. Oh, yeah. That's what you got to talk about. Why wouldn't you? So here's why it's one of my favorite parts. I'm telling this story to Rachel in front of Joe and Bella. Joe's sitting there, I think, playing his Nintendo Switch. Nintendo, not a sponsor. Um and, the, you know, and just minding my own business, I'm telling the story. He's ignoring us, vaginal steaming. And Joe, in his best Stewie voice, just goes, mm, I love vaginal steaming. <laughs> <laughs> so we took something bad and made it outstanding. It was so great. He, he said it like six times since, just out of nowhere. Mm, little vaginal steaming. Um, so, but I hear you as far as 
thinking about like the weight of time and <sighs> you, you know, you're in that moment, you see the ball drop. And I, like, I often think about that scene from Forrest Gump. I love that movie. And like, we're, they're all in the bar and you know, Lieutenant Dan has been back from Nam, but he lost his legs, you know, and everybody's, there's confetti dropping and everybody's kissing and dancing all around him. And he just has like this, like the most glazed look on his eyes. Cause he's just like, what has happened to life? You know, and how many, yeah. I think about how many people are sitting there like that you know maybe watching the ball dropping maybe not even caring but they're just they're just they're dead inside you know and i i i i thought about that this year when i was at your house eric uh, mm. just about looking around at all of this life and then that 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 scene flashed in front of my eyes and it just you know it made me sad because sure wow we're blessed to have this and yeah you know we we had a part to play in doing some of this but at the end of the day you know like i i feel like I'm at a point where I'm stepping back and just seeing um, a good design that I I'm playing a very small part of happen in front of me, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, and like, man, like how, how many people feel alone on new year's Eve? Oh, like yeah. Christmas, like, new year's. Yeah. And that can some that, you know, <clears throat> makes me feel guilty <clears throat> for <throat> having <throat> such a, a good, but do you No. Oh, this is a good, nice segue, though. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I feel bad for other people that don't have what we have, but I don't feel guilty. No, but we could. We could. And what would, what would make us feel guilty? Well, you feel like, well, who am I to deserve such good things? I do feel that, but that's right. I you do feel, feel that. Do you, so is that guilt? Sure. Or, no, here's the guilt. And by the way, as we transition, we've been talking about what happens when we have an emotional need that's not met. Right. Or taken from us. And, and that's what's called fear, anger. And those hurts, you know, can go different places. The first being anger, second one being fear. And this week we're looking at guilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think it, in this example, the way to look at it is, man, I'm so blessed. Here I am on New Year's Eve. There's so many people who don't have this. I should have invited somebody over. Oh, they're alone and it's my fault because mm. I didn't. So now you can't even enjoy what you're doing. Right. Because you feel guilty that you didn't do more for somebody else. Um, it's the way it would manifest itself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, I was, this is sort of my, this is, you know, next week, spoiler alert, we talk about self-condemnation, that you're not even worthy of having your need met. This week is guilt, which is, it's your fault that your need's not met. Mm. And see the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, and it's your fault for others' needs not being met. And you're just, you know, it's your fault. It's guilty. Um, and that's how really I was raised. I mean, I've said it to this day. I mean, I, I, crap, you guys know. I've preached about it week after week. You know, my mom, whatever. And my mom, of course, has that moles. That was her weapon of discipline. Right. And, and my, my mom has moles in the church who go home and tell her <laughs> what I've said. And she's like, well, honey, I don't care. It obviously worked because you're such a wonderful boy. And I'm like, right. The Didn't end, leave any marks at all. The ends justify the means, Jay. Rachel's about to sneeze and makes a face. And I'm like, did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's so funny because I look back at my life and I can't, I can't put together like how a hurt manifests itself into guilt. I just know that I always felt guilty. Mm. Like my move, I remember a specific example. I was kicking a soccer ball up and down the hallway and I gave it a sweet kick and went all the way into the kitchen. And there's just a little lampshade like on the side of the wall, like a hard glass thing. Yeah. And it flew off and shattered into a million pieces. Now, 
how did my parents know that that had happened? One, they heard the crash, but two, they heard me screaming and crying, hiding in the linen closet in the bathroom. And I remember my sister walked by and she's like, well, aren't you going to punish him? And they were like, he's in the closet crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, what Punishment are we going to do? Yeah. And right, I never, to this day, I've never been punished by my parents. And if, and start, if she, she starts trying now, I won't have it. <laughs> but it was just, I was punished by guilt. I just always felt terrible. Like if huh. I got a bad grade, my mother would feel bad. Yeah. If we got in trouble, she would feel bad. And I never wanted my mom to feel bad. Yeah. And it just always stayed with me. And so that I always just felt guilty no matter what I did. This might be, this might hit real close to home, but that's partly why we're here. Did you feel responsible for your dad leaving? Sure. You did? I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, I can go through each step of where hurt goes with my dad leaving, you know, anger. I became a jerk and a half sixth mm -hmm. grade. I'm a little snarky. I'm a, you know, I'm the funny kid. Everybody likes me. Seventh grade. I spent the entire year getting out of fights that my mouth got me in. Yeah. yeah. By the way, never got in a fight. Just letting you know, I was good at it. <laughs> of getting out of fights. Yeah. talks about breaking somebody's jaw, but yeah, that was that was in sixth grade when I was still the good kid. Gotcha. Getting bullied. Okay. But that had nothing to do with my dad. I had this standing up to a, a bully. Right. Right. But so that was the anger portion of it all. Yeah. You know, and then you get into fear. Is dad going to be home? Is mom going to be crying when I come home? And then the guilt is, well, maybe I asked him for too much because dad would say, I have to seek my own happiness. Mm. And that's why he would move in with his girlfriend. Implying that he's not happy with well, you because yeah. you're part of his life. Sure. Yeah. So it must be my fault that I'm asking him to take me places or that I need too much of his time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it absolutely manifests itself in that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's just where my hurt resided a lot. And, and I'm, I'm better at it now. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of healing. Yeah. You know, well, an example would be, and I talked about my dad's impact on me through the finances and saying that he would give me money for college and he didn't, not yep. paying insurance and stuff like that. Well, then now I'm on Young Life staff and I'm making 18 grand a year and barely getting by on 18 grand a year. And he would call me and say, hey, listen, uh, I'm going up to Canada, uh, but I'm a little bit short. Could you loan me $500? Okay, well, first of all, loan. Yep. No. Right. <laughs> that money's right. never coming back. Not seeing back. it again. Right. Okay. Number two, I make eighteen grand a year. Right. You know I have no money. Right. And I would feel like the worst son in the world. Oh wow. I would feel so terrible that I couldn't yeah. give him this money, or if I could only give him half of the money. Yeah. And then I'd feel bad if I did, because now I don't have the money. Right. Yeah. I brought back all the hurts yeah. from all that time and the beauty of attaching comfort to grief. And we've talked about the letter and it's called a therapeutic letter. And that was one of the ways I healed for my dad. And I wrote him a letter again, you don't send it to them, but trusted loved ones, you know, I could read it to them and they would cry with me and they would comfort me through it. And really going through that, my dad would still call me and say, Hey, listen, and now I'm making more money, you know, I mean, I don't know how much more, but whatever. Hey, I'm a little bit short. I'm going to Canada. And I'd just be like, yeah, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. And I did not feel guilty. Yeah. I've been healed from a lot of that guilt. Yeah. And a lot of those hurts. Yeah. Um, and really it's weird watching some of my siblings would still be upset over stuff my dad did. And or even just like in his last years, passed away a couple of years ago. And it would just be so cool that I would be like, oh, that's who he is. Yeah. Like I was okay with it because mm. I'd gone through so much work and healing a lot of that. Yeah. And they would still be bitter and upset over things and they would ask questions. And I'm like, you know, what do you, you know, you can't change him. Right. 
And my, at his funeral, my brother went, he said, he goes, the one thing dad was, was free. <laughs> he goes, he did what he wanted, mm-hmm. you know, paid whatever bills he wanted, did what he wanted, didn't care about anything or anybody. He goes, wasn't always a good thing. Yeah. The man was free. Right. So that's how I got over a lot of that guilt was healing a lot of the hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think, obviously you, you, you went through healing and, and the, the different therapies and things like that. But do you, did you lose a sense of guilt, like uh, lose a sense of guilt, feeling guilty as you got older and saw that like, cause I, I think we have a, we have a tendency, a lot of people have a tendency to put their parents on this pedestal, you know, and for a long time, your parent really can't do anything wrong. And if you feel like they are, maybe you're judging them harshly or something like that. It's your fault that, you know, because they're the parent, they're supposed to know they're supposed to do the right thing. So, but did you, do you feel like as you got a little bit older, even before this, you know, the, the emotional needs healing that you went through, do you feel like as you saw your, your dad come off the pedestal a little bit yeah. or <laughs> well, did you have that? Okay. He didn't come off the pedestal a little bit. My yeah. man leapt. Off yeah. The just pedestal. Cra- came crashing down. Right. That yeah. was, but go ahead and finish your question. No, that, that, that. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess. As, as as you're seeing him not as Superman anymore and you're starting to see him more as just a very faulty man, um, was that able to help your guilt? Because No. No. No, it, not at all. Because that's not attaching comfort sure. to the pain. It's a cog- that's a cognitive thing. Cognitive. Oh, wait, my dad's not Superman. He's not the world's greatest whatever. Yeah. You know, I it was funny because when my dad's dad, my grandfather, uh, was starting to get sick and, you know, doing the... 83 year old thing yeah you know my dad at one point's like he was saying he won't even take his medicine i don't understand why a grown man will refuse to take his own medicine when it's what's good for him yeah and i, I mean i was i don't know how old i was at that point but i was like wait a minute dad's just coming to grips with the fact that his dad isn't making a great decision yeah I had to come to grips with that when i was 13 i didn't say that to my dad. yeah like, yeah hey, dad you taught me that when i was 13 but i think for any child when you realize, like you said, number one, your parent isn't up on that pedestal. Right. That's a momentous moment. But when you go, I make better decisions at this point in time in life. Right. Than my dad does. Than my dad does. And, and that took my dad to be yeah. 60 something, 70 something, uh-huh. before he realized his father wasn't making good choices. Right. I learned that at 13. But yeah. that doesn't help the guilt. Right. That helps you just put things in places. What was, I'll tell you what was harder for me was having to come to grips with my mom because my mom was the victim in all this. Mm-hmm. My mom, my dad left my mom and my mom and my mom. But then as I went through a lot of this healing, I realized, well, she could have done a better job of helping me through these years. Yeah. You know, and it, not that she, again, she didn't do it on purpose. Sure. But ask your father for a check at a 13 year old kid. Right. And I've got to worry the whole time I'm with my dad about asking my dad for a check. Yeah. And then my dad's saying, tell your mother she'll get the money when I have it. Yeah. So you became the intermediary. Right. Yeah. And so that's something we'll talk about later too. It's called enmeshment. But having to come to grips with even my mother who was the victim in all this. Yeah. Boy, she didn't protect me. Yeah. Now she couldn't. Right. You know. Because her needs weren't being met. Her emotional needs weren't being met at all. Yeah. Crushed all over. Right. Every one of the emotional needs that matter to her. Honey, I can't. Honey, I just can't. I can't. Mom, don't you care? Honey, I can't. <laughs> but um, but that helped me too. Yeah. To the point where even now, like there's things where my mom will say that she'll try to like make me feel guilty. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Take care. 
Yeah. And, and there's a difference I want to say between guilt and conviction. I think guilt is something that comes out of a hurt. Sure. Or that somebody tries to put on you. Yep. And mm. Conviction is God talking to your heart and saying, look, you did something wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head before with, um, but not the last point. <laughs> well, no, for me, oh, okay. for me personally, where you went too far. Jay. Some of that was good. Some of it wasn't Jay. <laughs> no, with, uh, for me personally, the guilt is who needs to be involved. Who needs to be here? I feel guilty if they're not here and you know, joining us with with whatever I like I do feel like an overwhelming weight on my heart that I, I feel really guilty So like even simple get-togethers among friends you mean yeah like and I'm like where do you draw the line because like if like you know if somebody posts something on social media and it gets <laughs> out that we had a get-together and so-and-so wasn't invited they're gonna feel bad like the, all that weight interesting every like anytime because <laughs> here we're coming full circle to the original beginning of the broadcast I'm like eh. Wasn't See? meant to be. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Um, He's not. He doesn't feel guilty in that way. In that way, I'm sure. You, right. I'm sure you feel. We may find yeah, out not whether a, or not he I'm feels not some guilty. Kind of about psychopath or what? Well, do you, what, do you, what do you? What do you call them? When sociopath. Like, sociopath. Yeah, well, and that's kind of where, like, 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 hey, you're bleeding. That must be terrible for you. <laughs> and I think that's probably why, like, because we've had discussions about this before, and where you're like, yeah, no, they're not coming. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> we but may I'm gonna have my butts puckered a little bit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do, and, and I have got better as things have been healed, and I can say no more than than ever before. Um, to the point now where I think you're just a jerk. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. I often do feel like such a jerk. Um, and I, I do a pretty good job of, of not making of, you feel like a jerk. Oh, wait, of making you feel like a jerk. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, you remind me all the time. Um, but yeah, it's that, that's definitely where... where, where and where does that resides. come from, do you think? Does um, it come from your own experiences? It probably comes a lot from... I, I think so. When my dad was out of town and you know my mom would you know, make sure that we're all together and like everybody's together. And if we're doing like a family thing, we're all together and like involving everybody, making sure that aunts and uncles are, are here. And we, we always have like, is, are we going to see everybody that we need to see on this holiday or, or whatever? A lot of that has, and it's, it's a great idea. It's a great thing to involve everybody and and make sure everybody's needs are met but also at the end of the day like brian you say you only have so many spoons to give out you know you only have yeah. so you only have so many and sometimes it just doesn't work out sometimes yeah. schedules don't line up and it doesn't happen yep. um and that's okay and you know we've gotten a lot better of being you know like no and we we actually did that this year and and my mom she asked us you know and this is after multiple days with my family, which we had a lot of fun this year. It was really fun. You know, everybody was focused on Maggie and everybody was just, you know, over what? the moon with her. And it was just so great. So good to hear. But we had multiple days and then my mom was like, what are you guys doing New Year's Day? And I'm like, nothing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. nothing. Like, how We're do not I put this? <laughs> nothing with yep. you. <laughs> well, or you with or anybody. anybody. Like, I'm not doing we might not even anybody. let the dog out. Like we're going to pray that Maggie sleeps like for, I don't know, for a long, long time. We may not even see much of each other. <laughs> She's a good sleeper. Hopefully she sleeps even longer. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't do that in the past. 
as easily. As easily. I, I, I would I would feel like I need to come up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And that's so draining mentally. Yeah, yep. it is. Because it's like, am I lying about this now? Right. And I feel good about lying about right. that. Oh, I have to get a... I have to get right, a tonsillectomy. Then, right. Yeah, right. And then you're going to the dentist. <laughs> New, New Year's, New Year's <laughs> Day. I don't know why you're going to a dentist to get your tonsils out. That's messed up. <laughs> so, yeah. And, New Year's Eve, you, doctor. Well, you know. and it's funny. I, I, Hi, everybody. I, I, I said, we're, no, we're not, we're not doing anything. We're staying home. And she was like, well, yeah, you know, dad and I could probably use, use a day off. I'm like, yes, have a nice, quiet day. I She's think like, we, we should have a day off together. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. But you know, it was yeah. good to have a day just us, because like you know, you were talking about in some of your sermons, slow down, slow down, slow down, and we had that slow down day on that day, and we did a couple other things to slow down, and over you season. got to enjoy it because you didn't feel guilty, right? So, Brian, we talked earlier about the fact that Eric thinks you have no conscience whatsoever, right? Right, sociopath, yep. right level, and you either took umbrage or took note of that. And you said here you don't feel bad if you invite if you don't invite somebody to something. Where do you find guilt? Does it? I mean, and again, it doesn't have to. That's the beauty of this sort of model of where hurt goes because like yeah. you may not experience a lot of anger. Like I don't that much anymore. You might have a lot of fear. Or know this? Does guilt play a role in your mental makeup? It, it, I don't want to hurt people. Um, you know, and fundamentally, it, it comes Maybe. from. <laughs> well, it comes. It comes from you know. I, I, I always go back to the whole sixth and ninth grade thing. Like me being hurt like that, I don't want to mm. cause somebody um, to be hurt. And if I if I perceive that I've done that, then yeah, I feel bad about that. And sure. I guess you I guess you would call that guilt. But I also I, mm, I, no, that goes back to conviction. Okay. Yeah. You feel you, convicted if, that you actually hurt somebody. Yeah. If I, even guilty. if I didn't hurt somebody, though, like like there there's a part of me that like I kind of go out of my way to be like, are we good? Because like I think I might have, you know, hurt you here, but like so I don't know if right. that is guilt or if it's just me trying yeah, to be a peacemaker. Guilty, there's like, no reason like for oversensitive it. to it, right? Yeah, yeah, to some degree, you know. Yeah. And people are like, what are you apologizing for? You right. know, and, and so there's that element to me, and I don't I don't know if it's out of a out of a place of guilt, like I don't want to hurt somebody. And so I'll, I'll try to go the extra mile to, to make a piece if if I sense that there might not be that there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's not, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if that's guilt. Um, you know, it's not that I don't feel guilty if we don't invite people, you know, or or we miss somebody or, you know, like in in that case, like if, if we have a get together, you know, everybody come over to the pool this, you know, this this week and and uh, you don't invite that one person. And then, you know, they might make a comment or you said it to the room. Yeah. They just weren't in the room. I don't feel guilty about it, though. I don't feel guilty, no. be, like, because it didn't happen. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't. Like, but again, I, I think feeling guilty as we're talking about it is where it's not warranted. Yeah. Like, it's not your response. Like, feeling, right? you know, like, I hope you feel, quote unquote, guilty when you slap somebody in the face. Yeah. But it's when you walked past them, didn't notice them, and then they feel sad, and you're like, I, I, I just didn't notice you. Instead, you're like, oh, I'm such a bad person. I should have noticed them. Mm. Like, that's guilty. Like, when it's not warranted. Yeah. So I think it's healthy where you are in that regard, as long as you're not brazenly, you know, that way. Um, I think another example would be how we make the running joke of how you know of, like, six people in our church. Yeah. Even though you're a worship leader, which last summer at the beach, we did prove you knew many more. I knew more. more than that. Many more. You were actually disappointed in yourself <laughs> for how many people you knew. <laughs> Wait, I actually do know these people. Yeah. Dang it. Um, and it's because you pray for them every night. Um, but the point is you didn't even feel guilty about that. You're like, ah, should I know more? Maybe. Do I? No. 
And it's cool. Like, it's this isn't a like, hey, well, let's all say we identify with something. Like, it's right. cool that you're not burdened with undue guilt. Here's where I feel guilty. When God looks at me and says, this is out of place. And it's because of your actions and, and your decision. And, you know, I, I don't know if I can name a, a situation, but um, God's very good at doing that. And but see, again, that's conviction. That's See, different. Okay, you're That's right. That's you owning up to something you did wrong. You should feel guilty on how wrong you're getting this right now. <laughs> I, He's so scot-free. This is <laughs> not a good one. It's like, ridiculous. Like for me, no, like, it's I, great. I, well, it's but that's okay because like you're, you've you're got a lot of gonna, anger. You're, yeah, you either anger because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you balance it out with being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. All you anger. Were, you were week five when we went over anger. Um well, I'm glad that that's kind of a healthy thing. I mean, yeah, either that or healthy. I'm way more dead inside than I thought. Completely <laughs> <laughs> detached. No emotions whatsoever. No, you know, you I, are a stone. I, I think over the years I've developed this very healthy perspective of I can't. Con- I can only control what I can control. Barely. And huh? Barely. Barely. <laughs> right. Um, I can only control. I can't. Con- I can't make everybody happy. I can only control what I can control. Um, if I'm out of line, then you know, please tell me, but I can't live. I don't live in that. I, I just, I don't, I don't know where it happened, but I don't live in that, that place. Don't of, look for it. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. And if somebody can refute this, I would love to be able to hear somebody that goes, well, you should feel guilty about this or, or here, you know, and here's what you should say about that. And here's how you, yeah, here, here, Brian, just say this, love that. just say this. But yeah, I mean, I guess that for me, that's, the, that's where I am with guilt. Right. And so it's good. is that well, healthy? I mean, is that good? It's no, it's not bad. <laughs> okay. Because your hurt goes other places. Sure. Because everybody's right. hurt goes somewhere. Yeah. And the bottom line is to get rid of it is to attach comfort yeah, to those It doesn't go to guilt. Pains. So no. what did I do to Well, to, I well, just knowing knowing your dad, I don't feel like your dad feels a lot of guilt. And you're a lot like your dad in that way where like your dad's like, nope, that's the way it is. You know? I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's another thing I would say. Given the way you were raised, I would think your mom did try the guilt thing a good bit. Oh. <laughs> and what did that turn you into? Somebody that could see through it and, and made didn't want you to embrace it. What did it? It made you angry. Oh yeah. When she would uh, do that. Yeah. And, so, and, and instantly, boom. like right now, like like she could do that, and now I recognize it. I don't feel guilty anymore because I used to. You right. know, it mm. used to, and that that drove me to anger. That drove me to jerks sure. back then. And now, you know, because of of again, love my mother, and Soul she, of the she, earth. she did as well as she could, but that that aspect to her really allowed me to see, look, that's on you. You know, right. that's, I'm not going to own that, you know? And I think that I've gotten really good at, I'm not owning that. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just not mine to own. That's, that's something you got to do. Right. With. And the health yeah. for you and the healing is when it doesn't go to anger now. Yeah. Oh yeah. So right. it's certainly not going to go to guilt because that right. was the intention. And right. F you, I'm not going to feel guilty. <laughs> right. And now you don't even, I don't even get angry no more to quote Bugs Bunny, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting, I get angry a lot less. So I feel like I am progressing. There's the healing in the yeah. really good part. Yeah. And I, I love that. And, and it all, you know, it all, I don't, it's nothing I've done. It all terminates on God because God has done such an amazing job of, you know, really that seven years of delivering water and those, those previous years of when our real estate ventures went down hill man there was just just a stripping away of so many things the things that i didn't even realize things that i didn't even know about but and and for as painful as it was during those times man like i'm so grateful to be able to sit here now and have the gratitude so yeah yeah i'll tell you sometimes i do feel guilty 
What's that? that? Well, it's when somebody writes into us. Oh. Maybe sends an email, right. asks us a question, and we ignore it. So I think we should take a minute right now because we did get an email this week, Eric. Yes, we did from our boy John. Our boy John. John, John Atlanta. Atlanta. With the Ham Hawks. With the Ham Hawks. And John, John is so uh, it's so kind of him. He's helping us with our Patreon um, site, which you can – there's a link on our on our uh, website, lunchtimeinrum.com, where you can find – um, ways to support us on Patreon. We're going to be setting that up in a much more robust way. Ah, uh, robust. Um, yes. And uh, he really loves the show. He wrote in, should I Should I read this? Sure. Just read it? Um, so he says, great show, fellas. The way you can seamlessly go from food to those incredible Pittsburgh accents to deep talks about emotional needs is insanely impressive. That's just a great compliment. Thanks, John. Your chemistry works like the ingredients in one of Jay's recipes. Man, he hasn't even had one of your recipes no. yet. Um, That's a great email. So anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. There is more. Um, he says, I'm fortunate enough to know Brian and speak with him quite a bit. You guys work together. Yep. Um, so we talk about all this stuff. This year has been my toughest to date. Uh, relationship of 16 years over. My life turned upside down. And as my dad so affectionately put, I am in a sense homeless. I am only staying with people who are nice enough to open their homes to me until I figure it out uh, what's next. And uh, he seems like, he says, I sometimes feel like my life is one giant do better segment. So weird. Um, And then he says, I don't know what is next for me. Sometimes that scares the hell out of me. Sometimes I feel excited, but mostly it feels, well, weird. So finally to my question, in your opinion, how does someone go through a bunch of transition and doubt, stay the course, and have confidence in what is next? Social media makes me feel wrong or a loser for not having it, in quotations, together. I just want to sleep and not think about my life. How have you guys weathered those storms? Thanks, my dudes. John. It's a great letter. Great email. Yeah. Thank you, John. Totally. For being so transparent and open and honest and vulnerable. I, and I will say that it's kind of a good reminder. Like the be- the best best way to be is open, honest, and vulnerable. And when you put yourself out there, that's when you really can start to get healed because you are putting it out and there. And we acknowledge the fact that many times when you have been open, honest, and vulnerable, it blows up in your face. And so mm-hmm. we get it why you're not wanting to do yeah. that. And it's our prayer that you find that. Yeah. And that's why we want to make sure that we answer John's question because he's chosen to be that with us. And before we say one more word about it, as my dad so affectionately put it, I am basically homeless. Mm-hmm. Thanks, dad. Like that his dad would say that to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a great guy, blah, blah, blah. Right. But here you are in the toughest, darkest moment of your life. And the comment from his dad is, you're basically homeless. Right. What are you good for? That's definitely, it's, it's, it's so. The opposite of what we're trying to do. going to stick with you for a long time. Uh, With all due respect, hashtag do better John's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. Um, You know, and the second thing is, it's funny, I'm wearing the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now, which says stand. Um, His question is, how do you weather the storm? You know, how do you stay the course and have confidence what is next? Um, you know, through the transitions and through doubt, um, you know, for me, I haven't gone through a lot of storms of doubt as far as, um, I guess I have, you know, career wise, stuff like that, you know, and with Trey's illness and everything else, 
But for me, it's just every day digging down deep and saying, look, God, what is next? What can I do right now? And when I say stand, it's from the full armor of God, which is in where the Bible. Um, and it says to do all this stuff and it's all the spiritual stuff and you do this and this and this and this so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand. And I love mm-hmm. that because it's not advance. It's not conquer. It's not live your best life. Right. It's just stand. Yeah. And so that's my prayer for John that you can just, you know, find a, a relationship with Christ where you can say, father, you know, what can I do? Yeah. What can I do right now? You know, got to give you my life. Because I, I'm not I'm not running it very well, and then you just begin that relationship where it's like God, what can I do? And just give me the strength to stand. Yeah, I don't have to conquer. I don't want to fall down. I don't want to quit. And that's what I've done in those moments when there's nothing left, when you have no breath, and you've cried your last tear, and you're like, God, what is? Just give me something else, and you just get that next breath. It's the only way I've gotten through those times. Yeah. in my life, I don't yeah. know if, what what has gotten you guys through that. It's definitely that, and. More recently, I would say in the past five, eh, let's say five to ten, well, I'll say five, um, the support I've got from you guys mm. and making me feel more confident, um, meeting my emotional needs, um, you know, all that, all that stuff that you said about, about God and relationship with Jesus is the truest thing. Um, on, on top of that, and, it's a, the, and then, and then, right. The one thing that has been fantastic is just having those friends that you can go to and talk to, and they meet your emotional needs. There are people in your life that you have in your life that you will never be able to get your needs met from like, I'm never going to go to so-and-so. Right, most. (laughs) Right, exactly. But I'm never going to go to so-and-so about any issue because I know that they're either going to give me, uh, well, just do this. Facts, logic, and reason. Facts, logic, and reason. You know, of course, why don't you just do this? You know, just say this, Brian. You know, and, and, and they just give you advice. Or, you know, where you just need somebody to listen to you and just, be like, just sit in your, in your, in your, or stand in your shoes with you for a little bit. Um, to be attached. Yeah. Emotionally and, and, attached to and, somebody who that, can love you. Cause that feels like they actually care because they're actually, they actually care. They feel <laughs> what you're feeling. Cause you know, it doesn't feel that way when they don't. Right. And I mean, Jay, you're the master. Like, I feel like you're <laughs> like the, like the, um, the benchmark of where like I would love to get to because like just in the show you've talked about like matching up like some of the stories that that Brian has told and like you said oh that, you know think about this yeah. like matching this up to that and same with me um and but having those people in your life that you can call when like knowing that you can call them anytime day or night send a text or whatever and having them be able to meet your emotional need is just paramount uh, yeah, and I think for me, you know, I talked about it. It was either last week or two weeks ago. But you know, when when my real estate venture fell down, and I was in not nearly the same place as John or, or you know other people, but it was my own personal hell where I didn't want to wake up, I didn't want to do anything. Um, again, it to me, it, it it came back down to identity, and my circumstances aren't who I am. They've become a part of my story, but they don't define me. 
and whether I've made a thousand good choices and a million bad choices, vice versa, some different variation of it, I know that there's a a shape that I am that I can't find on my own that God is calling me to. And, you know, it, it, I don't know how you do it outside of that, that belief that God has created you, given you life and is compelling you on to find it. And day after day, you just put that foot in front of the other. And like you said, you, you, you stand in the fact that all of the, the world could be falling down around you, but you know, God says that you're his, God says that you're, valuable, you know, I don't know how you do it outside of that. You know, I'd, I'd like to come up with some kind of worldly answer, you know, that sounds, that sounds really nice, but I, I can't, you know, I mean, right. that's, that's, that's my, that's the truth as I see it. And that's what got me through those times. Well, and, and I think, you know, it's funny because we, we sort of know John, I've never met him. I mean, I've been on a phone call with him and everything else, but like our hearts going out to him and we're yeah. going to check on him. Yeah. yeah. And you see him all, you talk to him at least a time. But that's sort of what we're here for. Like we're here to hear, to love a guy like John and, yeah. and to give him that hope. And so that right. when he goes to bed tonight, tomorrow night, right. he's like, well, there's three guys that I can count on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you may be out there listening to this and being like, well, they're not going to care about me. Well, guess what? You're wrong. Right. Because right. we will. Come I don't care join, who we Come are. join us at the table. You know, I mean, that's what this is for. Yeah. And like right now, just, you know, reading John's email, like I, I do feel scared. I worry with him. You know, I do feel worried for what's next because like, that's a fear that I have of like not knowing what's next. Yeah. Like what's, where's my career going to take me? I don't know. Like there's, you know, there's things that, that and there comes to me. a piece when you can get to that level Yeah, of, of saying like, well, whatever. Like I talk about windows, like when everything's going yeah. good in life, it's like the windows open Yeah, and yeah. you better live in that moment Yeah, because you can't fear the window closing. Yeah. Right. Cause it's going to close Yeah, no matter what yeah. it's going to close. When's the shoe going to drop? You just you better know, live in that moment right. and realize that even though the window closes and, and life gets sucky, you know, I, I have been so blessed to see the darkest moments of life and I was okay. Everything around me wasn't okay, yeah. but I was okay. And so there's some confidence with that. I know there's things ahead of me that I'm not going to like Yeah, yeah. that maybe are worse than what I've gone through. Yeah. But I'm okay. Yeah. And so there's a confidence that comes to that and he will be stronger moving forward. Um, so there John, you go. we stand with you, buddy, and we're praying for you. And John, you do not need to do better, right? John's doing just fine, but oh, other man. people, other people definitely need to do better. A lot of people, we were laughing that a lot of people are picking up on do better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I said, I just wish everybody's like, oh, we should not be lonely. Instead, everybody's like, yeah, do better. <laughs> just do better and you won't be so lonely. People just Maybe fast that's forward. the answer Food, to this problem. Blah, 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 blah. Do better. Do better. People just fast that's forward to the do better segment. Yep. Do better. Um, but I feel like the, the whole state of Pennsylvania needs to do better because I guess gas is cheaper in every single Dude, state. I was in California last year or last month. California. Yeah. Oh, it was last year. <laughs> it was last year. <laughs> <laughs> but I was there last Calibre month. Jones. <laughs> and I'll leave. gas was cheaper in California than it, than it was here. That's significantly cheaper. It's remarkable. It's unbelievable. I always thought California was like the most expensive place, and it is for like everything else. Yes. But Pennsylvania, do better at gas. I think it's New Jersey, and then maybe us. Okay, yeah, maybe. I could see New Jersey because right now, like North Carolina, it's like a dollar seventy one a gallon. It's ridiculous. At least All Jersey, the they'll pump it for you. You have to have to, right? Law, yeah. right? Laws. That's right. what we need around here. <laughs> Law and order. <laughs> Hey, although I uh, got gas at Sam's Club, two fifteen. Ooh, it was two twenty-five. Both my parents texted me within oh. three minutes of each other. Hey, gas is two fifteen at Sam's Club. 
Uh, Sam's still not a sponsor. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, it's funny you say that because my mother is the queen. She lives right by a gas station. And so she's always like, huh, you know, gas went up two cents overnight. And I'm like, mom, it's a cre- you just buy it. You just buy it. I don't know what to tell you. So now Joe, everywhere we go, eh, it's cheaper over here. And he's like, I'm like grandma that way. <laughs> That's great. Um, and then our boy uh, Dave Shire wrote in, biggest pet peeve, excessive tardiness. Hashtag so is that like better. what you were talking about last week, Eric, when you hate when people come into a meeting late or... Or that or just like... No, what is excessive? I think excessive means... Is that a half hour? A length of or time 10 or... 10 times. Re- yeah. Repetitive. Is it repetitive? Repetitive. I think it's, I think it's Either both. Either way. I think it's both. Like Either way. Both it's, and. It's rude and... Yeah, be yeah, both or... Because um, it's a fundamental disrespect for the person. It is. is, it is. That's, like, I, that's the way I feel about it. I feel like it's disrespectful because, like, especially in length. Like, if you're like 20 minutes late and you haven't sent a text, like, "Hey, I'm yeah. gonna be late." Like, come on. Well, that's right. just that's just yeah. rude. Let me know Do better. In this age we live in, like, maybe before in the olden days where you know you couldn't get to a phone or something, or you know, my horse broke a right. leg. You right. know, right. <laughs> but now you and can I send and a I text. couldn't. I couldn't. Wait, get... I have to. I'm at Eaton Park yesterday. We were both on time, and I know the server, um, and uh, Becky Patak. And I said, "How was oh. your hey, Becky?" I said, "How was Love your holiday? Becky, how yeah. was Christmas? And how was New Year's?" And she said. She goes, it was good. We had a couple of deaths, but, you know, overall, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked at her and I said, were you like on the Oregon Trail? <laughs> and she's like, no, we're going to breeze over the dysentery. couple deaths. We lost, exactly. We You've lost one to dysentery and a wolf got the <laughs> other one. Snakes. You know, but we. Trampled by the oxen. We went towards the sunrise anyhow. <laughs> But she's like, well, no, it was like a distant cousin and an uncle. And I was like, all right, I'll join you in your emotion, which is relative indifference. Yeah. So, I don't, you know, but it was so, it was just the guy I was with, we were just like, um, did you say deaths? <laughs> Multiple. Yeah, it's a rough going out west. But yeah, excessive tardiness. I'm with you. I'm with Come you, on. Dave. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a quick one. I know we're running a little bit long. That's okay. But, and it's sort of like a double. Okay. Because I was listening to the DVE morning show in Pittsburgh, 102.5 DVE. Yeah. Not a sponsor. And uh, probably not going to be. <laughs> but anyhow, and they were given a news story, and it was um, Australian man screaming, why don't you die with a toddler in the background triggers a full police response. So as they went on to tell the stories in Australia, obviously, that this passerby was walking past his house and heard a toddler screaming and this man yelling, why don't you die? Why don't you die? And so the police came and he was throwing furniture at a spider. <laughs> One spider. <laughs> One spider. Now Australia's got some spiders. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure they that do. it's... They do have some yeah, spiders. Yeah, Yeah. That's not a spider. The spider's like this throwing... This is a spider. <laughs> yeah, that's a Throwing spider. the furniture wow. back at the guy like... <laughs> <laughs> it gets up on the top rope and DDTs him. <laughs> it starts saying, why don't you know? He's got four legs over here and four legs over here. <laughs> but... She said the police left him with just a warning, and I was like, well, "Hey, Australian police, what was he war- do better?" So I look up the article to read it to you guys. Yeah. Guess what? There's no mention of the warning. Um, so she just made that part up. So I say, Val on DVE, do do better. Better. You made do, me look up stuff. Do better, Val. Do better, Val. Oh my gosh. So all right, 
Great show this week, guys. Yeah, uh, reminder, everybody, stuff. take a visit on our website. You can check out our show notes. We reference everything that we've talked about um, today at lunchtimeinroom.com. We've got links to our social media, Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz. You can sign up for our email um, to get the the blog post that we put out midweek and, and also whenever we uh, post the new show and whatnot. Send your do-betters, please. Send us your do-betters. Do hashtag do-better. Hashtag lunchtime in Rome, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely respond with with a couple if you guys reach out, and also definitely email us. Emails and, like uh, John, those yeah, are big. Absolutely, it's great to get. Um, we have some emails that we're that we're going to be answering. Already. We got a lot of seats at the table. Yeah, but uh, but definitely email us. We love answering emails and talking with you guys. Yes, um, not which at is, which is great, um, and. That is that. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye.